0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Hey, what's up, everybody? Knuckles here. Listen, it's been over a year we've been doing the Raw Knuckles Podcast, and boy, has time flown. I can't believe it. We've had some great guests, some great moments, some funny moments, some awkward moments, some emotional moments. So we put together the best clips over the past year, and I hope you enjoy. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious <laughs> and I was malicious, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going I'm to town. Shelly, one last one the Nick Nolte night. Tell me about the Nick Nolte night.
1: Nick Nolte, you got to remind me, Nick Nolte's been over a few times.
0: You went over um, his house one night, and you left Oh, to app- his place. Yeah. Yeah, he drugged me.
1: Nick <laughs> Nolte drugged me with some kind of liquid drink that he mixed into my bottle of water. To, yeah, so anyway, I, I took a sip of this water, and, and about a half hour later, I was you know, kind of off a little bit and lightheaded it. So I I said what the f did you give me? He goes I told you to sip it. I go sip my ass. What you what did you give me? And he, I forget what it was. It wasn't uh, I don't know. He carried it around all. Anyway, so he goes well let's go for a walk in my garden. So I, I couldn't even walk. I was <laughs> tripping. It felt like I did acid. I've never done acid either, but I've seen movies or. But yeah, and and he whatever he'd given me it it didn't last long. But man, he was a character. This guy he you know, he used to walk around, he did this movie and he was Benjamin Franklin. So I I think he never, ever came out of character. Um, he walked around Malibu in a robe and he carried two big water bottles filled with that stuff. And he was just tripping (laughs) all the time, but real nice guy, you know, really interesting fella. He thought he was a doctor. Like he actually, you know, thought he was a doctor and his his house had a, you know, a lab in there and he called it all protocol. And it, it was something, this guy, but, uh, yeah, he's still in Malibu. Unfortunately, his house burned down in that last big fire. But, you know, I'll see him occasionally. He, you know, he's, he's a great guy. You know, just he's,
2: he's a beauty. You, when you see him, do you, re- do you bring up, like, you remember when you drugged me?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Never bring that up. We, we talk. like he, You know, he, for some reason, he was in Pittsburgh the year we won the cup. And I ran into him in a hotel there, and right away we recognized each other. He's really good friends and close with uh, with John Cusack, so that's that's how we actually met.
3: You know, I saw Jim McKenzie the other night at the uh, other afternoon at the Flyers game. Jim McKenzie, one of two guys that ever thanked me for giving him a penalty, and it's an awesome story. And Jim was big enforcer. He fought, you know, the very first time he saw him, he he was mesmerized by Chris Nyland as he's walking in the building. like Chris is, the, is like his idol, his hero uh, as a fighter. And big Jim, 6'3", 230 pounds, but an honest heavyweight, but a really nice guy. And so his second year of pro, he's playing for the Hartford Whalers. I've got the last game of the season, Washington, in the old Cap Center. Nothing happens. We get the game over with. Everybody wants to just get into the playoffs. All the Ricky Lee and, and the coach of the, the uh, Whalers and all the players, all the stick boys, trainers, everybody off the ice at the Zamboni entrance except Big Jim and I. We step off on the mat together. He looks down at me and said, "Carrie, if I told you to F off, would you give me a misconduct? I looked up. I said, Jim, what are you talking about? I said, the game's over. Regular season's over. Nobody's mad. Now, he give me a little fib here, and I'll correct it. But he said to me at the time, I got a bonus in my contract for penalty minutes, and I'm four PIM short, and the coach never played me one shift. I looked up, and I said, what would you say? Very quietly, he said, F off. I yelled at him, say it like you mean it. He yelled, fuck off. I said, you got 10. He said, thank you. And he walked to the dressing room. We laughed about it again the other day. At That's the, nice of you, though. Yeah. That's good. You're a good guy. <laughs> good. A good so guy. here's the real deal. He, he fibbed me on it. He was 196 penalty minutes, and all of his were for, like, five-minute majors for fighting. Other guys were getting talking penalties and match penalties, and they were padding their, you know, they had a pretty good number of penalty minutes. Him as a, a bona fide heavyweight, he wanted to get over the 200-minute mark. I helped him out. Tim, as aggressive as you are, I could have helped you out with, the, uh, you know, Oh, I so could have used managed. you,
2: for sure, no. for sure. <laughs> I mean, I might have had 10 minutes my whole career.
0: But Let's get back to your living room yeah. when you're a kid and the Habs are on. What is that like? Is it total chaos? Is it like yeah. passion? Uh, the, the love of the organization, Montreal Canadiens, yeah. it really comes through, obviously, in, in your book. And uh, I read your book. Nice. And just what is that like for, I, I guess, for the people... Get, yeah. Give him a little window into that living room, if you could. Yeah,
4: yeah. So it is like, it's like, you know, whenever someone's like, "How long have you know?" When, do you remember the first time or any of that shit that you 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 watch the Habs or something like that? I say, how, "Do you remember the first time that you saw sunlight?" Like it was just it's just just ever present in my life was typically my dad, often my dad and my mom in front of the TV, watching the guys in red, um, beating the bad guys, (laughs) you know? And I, I, I like, so what that typically was like was like, you know, my dad would, um, he liked the commentary on the radio better than it was on TV. So he would find it on TV and then he would turn on our like hi-fi thing that he built and put together, you know, that one of those great old school, like late 70s, early 80s ones with every beautiful knob. And he would like, he would uh, put on the radio to match the screen on TV. Um, yeah, and then he would just curse a blue streak through three periods of hockey every, every <laughs> every single game without fail. Like I, I, there's a reason I put in my book that like that Christmas Eve that he fucked up of ours. We're like, <laughs> you know, my, 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 my mom has my sister and I in the other room reading, you know, the twice the night before Christmas and, and the gift of the Magi to us. And my dad's watching the Habs in their bedroom. And, and, yeah, it, it was like in, in, a, in a crazy weird bit of like comic timing in a music that was entirely like as if God had a sense of humor. My mom would read a line and then my dad would swear at the game and it timed out fucking perfectly where she would go the night before Christmas and all through the house. God damn it. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. You fucking lazy fuck shit. Call the fucking, blow the fucking whistle. Skate, you fucking prick, you know.
5: The next group that comes in is Spano. I mean, this guy is, he's a beauty boy. I mean, he so is. So it
0: goes from bad to worse. Yes,
5: bad to worse. Um, you know, my Spano story, it's a podcast, so I can go this far. I'm sitting at home, and, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night. I get a call. John is at the <clears throat> Garden City Hotel, he's in the bar there. And he said, I want you to come over and, you know, meet me. So, uh, it's pretty odd, it's like late, but anyway, so I get, get over to the bar, and he's got this little roped off area, like he's King of oh, Persia what? or something, right? <laughs> Grand Pooh. <man. clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, he starts to talk for a little while, he's talking about hockey, and he leans over and says to me, they'll be here in a little while. I said, what do you mean, John? He said, the girls. First they'll do each other, then they'll do us. <laughs> 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 this is the owner. <laughs> Yahoo! Know? Yeah. So I got Sounds out. Sounds like there. Jerry Buss, right? <laughs> was Jerry Jerry Buss's hero? Yeah. It must have been. I snuck out the back door and, you know, that was the end of that. But he, he didn't last too long. Kevin Constantine. How was that? Was he a prick? He was, he
6: was intense. Like, it, it, I don't know if you've done video. You haven't done video until you've been a player for Kevin Constantine, where we would literally, he would give us tests every week on the plays. So he would give us a playbook, and you got a big one at the beginning of the year, and you had to memorize every single page. And after every week, we would have tests. And I was smart. you know, I, I would ace all my tests, but if you didn't know the plays, you wouldn't play. And I don't care if you're a first-rounder. I don't care if you're Benoit Pouliot or Roman Voloshenko or these guys you wouldn't play like what place? place like what place like come on this or, isn't every rocket science this isn't football that's, it is rocket science okay So kevin <laughs> constantine like every single inch of the ice you you have to be accountable if the puck's dumped in the corner for the punk's this like five on five four on four five on four penalty kill like everything like Whoa. he has a spot for you to be every
2: single there's every a guy out there that's like play. i could have played more but i couldn't read exactly yeah <laughs> you know, like, like, fuck, so i would have had more hard. games but i couldn't read And it. it's like geez. oh man i'll never
0: forget that day it was uh 1979 80 i was um no it was 78 79 sorry playoffs and i was drafted by the montreal canadians we went to your morning practice and watched the bruins practice and we watched you guys and then afterwards uh i'm with my friend friend Franny Flaherty in a big Lincoln Continental and Lincoln Mach 5, big white, uh, big canoe it was. And we pulled up, we saw you, Guy Lafleur, and Gilles Lupien on the corner waiting for a cab. And we pull over and say, hey, you guys want to ride? They kind of looked at us like, we sure we want to get in with these two? They look like (laughs) they could rob us maybe. But I remember... I was all proud because here I am, a Montreal, I'm drafted by the Canadians, and I, you guys get in, and I go, hey, you know, we've started talking a little bit. We're going to give you a ride to the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge. And I said, um, I'm going to play with you guys next year up there. And you guys, uh, you said to me, um, oh, yeah? How are you going to do that? And I said, well, <laughs> I was drafted by you guys. I play here at Northeastern University, and I was drafted by the Canadians last year. And you said, uh, what round were you drafted? And I said, the 17th. And the three is started laughing right in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I had no concept of, it, it didn't matter to me uh, if it was the first round or the 17th round. I was drafted. I was so happy. Yeah. You remember that day, right? Sure.
7: You know what, uh, uh, that day was uh, special in a way because uh, you, you meet a lot of people, uh, you know, when you play hockey. And he was not the first that say, I'm going to play for Montreal Canadian. But this guy said, I'm going to play for Montreal next year.
6: Yeah.
7: <laughs> that, that was special. And uh, uh, that was my last year. I went to Europe, and when I came back, I went to see the boys uh, two years after. I went to see the boys at the, uh, in the dressing room and uh, yeah. who comes behind me? I look at him and he says,
2: I told you that I was going to play for Montreal. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Cause if like, if that was me and you guys were, the moment you guys laughed, I would have just got it. I would have, my career would have been over. <laughs>
8: yeah.
2: You would have quit.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have quit. Chris was beefing with Michael Cardell. Cause they said they should spend his family, take yeah. the money out of his pocket. Chris hasn't seen Michael Carnall to training camp. Chris tells Michael Carnall how he feels, your assistant. Coach.
0: Mike was a coach. Yep.
8: Back in the this NHL time. for a lot of years. I played against him. And when Chris hit uh, Rick Middleton, OC made all these comments. Well, Chris happens make- to see OC, and he's the number one assistant for the Bruins. Chris basically tells him to go fuck himself, blah, 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 in his own words. Later on, something else happened. I'm sitting there watching Clemens, second time he had all those strikeouts. I'm with you. Remember yep. that? At the Bostonian yep. Hotel. <laughs> Chris, Michael Carlo walks in with his wife. The wife of the bathroom. He's seen Chris. He fucking did a 360, right, fucking right out of it. As quick as I see, like, fucking Gretzky do a 360. Oh, Paul has gone. The wife, come on, where is he? Where is he? Where'd he go? She's seen Chris. She go, oh, I figured out. Oh, where I he go? Remember that, Chris? Yeah. That's he ba- he badmouthed me. He said yeah. they-, they should
0: take my money and hurt my family yeah. and this yeah. and that. Yeah. And my mother called me that I fucking Mike O'Connell, uh, so I get to traded to Boston. Uh, I know. And I'm I'm in signing a contract, yeah. and I saw him in the front office. Oh, you get He, him it up, he says, "Hey, hey, say, hey, fuck you! Yeah, don't come yeah. and be fucking nice to me now, because yeah. after what you fucking had to say about me, yeah. oh,
8: yeah, I know, so it man. didn't
0: start off too good. Oh, that's a great man, yeah. Mike.
8: That's why I always say, Knuckles wanted to be a bro because he grew up with it. He was always a Canadian. You should never yeah. come to. He was just." Chris had guys yelling at the stands. We we had guys locking guys out in the stands for him. Yeah, yeah, section 27, fucking uh, in the loads. We got Frankie the Fixer up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fucking yelling at sucks up. Frankie the Fixer. Load seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got, that's the guy. Yeah, right there. bang, he's out for it.
0: Some of you get suckered. Yeah, some of you get suckered.
8: Doesn't know why get suckered. Frankie, God rest his soul, <laughs> fixed. Grandstand. I mean, the balcony. A uh, Seat seven, yeah. The with the hat on. Oh, get him! Boom, he's out. He's, we, we, guys getting whacked like they're getting hit with guns. We, all he said was, was like skate. <laughs> yes. Nux, you know, he's, he's got
2: <laughs> uh,
9: I got a great story with Nux though.
8: Uh, yeah, no, Nux. Nux has
2: told me to ask you that.
9: Did he? No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nux is that's that Come was You're nice supposed to wrap me out, Tim. Already.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what this place is. I don't even know if I pronounced it right.
9: Nux is. Oh. <laughs> Nux has joined our team at the end of the year, and Bernsey's our coach. And uh, I I was in and out of the lineup that year anyway, and uh, I wasn't dressed that night. And uh, we have a game, and you do the things. You go in there, you ride the bike, you watch the last two periods, and, you know, guys are done, congratulations, whatever. And Nux like, hey, kid, come with me. Come on, we're going to go have a beer. And so uh, I go with Nux. We go, we go to Shea, get a beer, and we're sitting there, and then Bernsey walks in. And Nux grabs my leg. He goes, do not leave, kid. You do not leave. So he goes, buy him a beer, uh, go over, say hello, and then walk out. So I did that. I thought everything was going to be cool. The next day, I get called into the office. He's like, kid, um, you know, we're uh, what are you doing anyway? You're not even in the lineup. And you're out there. And I get the first person I walk into a bar and I see you. And he goes, uh, we're sending you down to Fredericton.
0: You end up going, "I went to prep school route. I went to Northwood School. I looked at going to Taft. You went to Taft um How was that experience at taft and and listen, uh, hockey being the main one, but you had to play three sports there. What were those three
2: sports? Yeah I'm embarrassed to admit that uh <laughs> i managed I managed the field hockey team in the fall. <laughs> I uh, did hockey in the winter, obviously, and then I uh, it was really good. Our coach made us do track in the spring, so we ran the 400 and the 800, which was pretty cool.
0: If you're like me and you're going to play some golf this summer, you have to check out this hidden gem. Windmill Heights sits atop the beautiful hills in Notre Dame de Il Perot. They have affordable rates and they offer customized membership opportunities for all levels. If you want to book a tee time, call five one four. Four five three seven one seven seven.
2: Hit them straight, Tim. Don. I was reading. Uh, I at one point, you were like in between doing. You know, because I'm I'm still transitioning. So this is an important question for me, and like kind of figure out what I'm doing, obviously, and making this work or whatever. But it said you were a Cadillac salesman at one point. Did you? Oh. Did, did you was, wear the suits? Did you wear the suits trying to sell the Cadillacs? I established new? myself
9: as the worst car sales in the world. <laughs> I, I was hoping when people, I hope it would rain when it was my shift. <laughs> I, so nobody would come. I was, I was terrible. I remember a guy and he says, all oh, you car salesmen in life. And I grabbed him and I said, oh, well, they are. eh?" And I, <laughs> I knew I, and you know, it's a funny thing. I was laying in bed and as, as all hockey players have a nap in the afternoon, right? Yeah. Uh, And so I'm, I'm laying in bed and I said, I I am a failure in life. I can't get a job. Uh, And, uh, and I swear to, I swear to God. And, and I don't say that uh, a voice came to me and said, get back into hockey. And I was going, and I, and I got dressed and I went down, uh, down to see him. And he says, Don, I was going to tell you today. Uh, that uh, you're not cut out to be a car salesman. <laughs> I got, I, I'll
8: tell it very briefly, but uh, so um, no surprise, uh, Chris had probably already been in a fight with someone and was all fired up, all fired up uh, behind the bench. He's standing up there. He's pointing at this other player, swearing. The F-bombs are flying all over the place. And, uh, and, you know, he's just preparing for the next shift when he's going to fight the guy practically. And, uh, and, and, That was back in the days where the family sat behind the bench, but there was no glass. And so my great uncle, uh, who was 92 at the time, I think, uh, he walked with a cane, and uh, he took his cane, and he poked Chris Nyland in the back (laughs) with his cane and said, you do not need to use that language on the ice, young man. And and so whatever, the game went on, and then Chris actually came into the room, the, the, the director's room, with his stuff on after the game to apologize to uh senator hartland yeah (laughs) but it was really funny it's the first time i've ever seen uh, a player get poked by a
0: cane a cane now tim (laughs) if you saw senator hartland molson you would look at him and be like who is this guy right and very distinguished looking the stash glasses beautiful suit on and when i get poked i'm like like, who's jabbing me? I thought it was a teammate. Who the fuck is And I turned around. It was him. I'm like, oh. I had the big gulp in the throat. But you lose that when you're on the bench. And we're just talking about rivalry. You don't think about who's behind you. You just don't. And there was no glass there. That was like Mr. Corey tells the story when the queen and king were there from, I forget where, the, from somewhere over there. And um, I had some choice words that evening, too. And it just, uh, uh, Anyway. Hockey's hockey.
4: Oh. It, it was a it was a neat experience. Walk that was when I f- first walked into my first NHL room. NHL room.
7: So I wonder, you, you guys probably in had with the your same. Little
0: did you have your little my box little recorder? Like, oh, right. Yeah. So I was Were you like, I made checker? It.
2: Were you a Pekka checker? Yeah. Is that, he did his interviews out of just right out of the shower. He's just- yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, what are you like doing the, in here? He's hey, handing what he, towels out, asking questions. Hey, exactly. <laughs> hey uh,
0: by the way, uh, good game last night. <laughs> yeah.
7: Speaking of Wahlberg, his production team, I just did like an Ultimate Fighting on on ice, a hockey thing. I don't know if you. Yeah, I, I met a bunch of his friends. I, I I don't know if it was his production team, but definitely his friend. I mean, they had him on the horn there. I think him and Domi might be in on something. Whatever it was. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. So I went down. These guys. I went down. It was Ultimate Fighting, like the NHL alumni called me and said they want going to give you X amount of dollars to go down and get in this hockey fight. You know, we had gloves on, but it was a real <laughs> hockey fight. It's been years, man, so it was wild. Four rounds. A minute per round. I can't tell you who won. And who do you fight? No, I fought a guy from fucking Boston, man. Yeah? Yeah. I fought a local from Boston. He was tough too, ten at least ten years younger. But I on the ice. Yeah. On the ice with the gloves on. Gloves on. No, no boxing gloves. Bo- ultimate fighting gloves, not boxing. Okay. Ultimate okay. Fighting gloves. Uh, if your helmet pops off, time stops. If your knee hits the ground, time stops. So and the jerseys were really loose, so it just ended up being this for fucking four <laughs> minutes, man. It was wild. After the first round, can't really tell you who wins. You'll see it real soon. It's coming out soon. After the first round, I couldn't fucking believe it because this is what happened, okay? <laughs> we get there. I don't really know. When they first called me to do it, I thought it was a commercial, and they wanted me to do it because I knew how to – I mean, there's – now, having been in this bar in the stunts, I know where to put the cameras. I know how to do the stunts, right, to, to have the best – like, you put the camera behind your head on an angle, and you can miss me by a foot and still if the timing's right. So I thought yeah. it was that. That's what I thought. But about three days before, they're calling me, like, do you have your own doctor? I'm like, well, what the fuck do I need a doctor for? I, that's what happened. So I got down there, and I went out to do this. And so I've, I'm not prepared at all. I don't even have shoulder pads with me, okay? So I get down there, and my opponent is in the room. Shadowboxing. He's putting these. He's putting the fucking tape on. And I'm going – and this was where my mistake came. I'm thinking, I'm not putting tape on my my hands and my wrists. Like, you know, I never did that before. Why do I need it now? But, so we get ready and we go out and we go to do our thing. The fucking smoke show, the round lady comes out round one. Everything. I come <laughs> and I'm thinking at the very least, I know how to fight. So if he starts hammering me, I'll just pull a Darren Langdon and tie him up and fucking, you know, just get through. And But the jerseys are so fucking elastic and I don't have shoulder pads like an idiot, right? <laughs> so yeah. I can't play that because like I'm, I'm coming out. So it's really punch and be punched, or there's no other route, but he's hitting me, and, like, I got a s- story in my second book, the top three times I've ever been punched. One was Ryan VandenBush, one was Mark Morrow, and one was Trevor Gillies. There's fights. I'm not saying Domi doesn't have as good of a punch, but he just yeah. didn't hit me with one like that. I mean, straight on, like, where, you know, you see, you just oh. get sick to your stomach and take a breath. That's the three <laughs> times. And this guy hit me off the bat, and each <laughs> punch was like that, and I'm going, what the fuck? what What if i'm in good shape yeah cut cut it's after the round i'm over there if it if it had ended then if it had ended then he would have fucking kicked the shit out of me they're like do you want it to stop do you want it to stop i'm over there and and i'm like jesus christ like and i realize i'm like man i'm gonna let everybody down this show My fucking daughter, like, I'm going to let all the old school guys down, right? All the old school guys that I fought are going to go like, you know, I got to at least go out and and have a draw here. They're expecting me to win, so I can't quit. But I'm like, but I can, because I've been paid. I can quit if I want. And I'm like, and I went, trainer who they got assigned. I don't have a guy. I don't have a corner guy. I don't have a doctor, right? But he got everything. Uh, But anyway, they come over in my corner. And my, my corner guys who have been assigned to me, buddy just brought up YouTube and he showed me like a couple of my fights. And he's like, you got to do this. I'm like, I'm just taking punches there the whole time. Like he goes, yeah, but that's what you got to do. Like you're good at that. So then I realized it and I'm like, but his punches are hurting so much. He goes, but the guy goes, that's why we told you to put the fuck in. it's like cement, man. He's got his, his hand taped like a boxer. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Not only that, I forgot my mouth guard, and so this is... So their mouth guard that they got me wouldn't fit. They got one at, like, the fucking sports craft store, and it's nothing. So I got knives in my mouth. And boom! I'm like, Jesus, I'm feeling that one. And they guy got to get a mouth guard <laughs> in, and he's got his hands like they're cement. So I did it, did it. I stood back and did it for four fucking rounds. I couldn't... It was, well, it was just... God bless you. Amazing.
10: God bless you. Hopefully everybody's had their breakfast. But my first year... We all get dressed at the Halifax Metro Center. Yeah. We gotta drive our cars over to St. Mary's University. That's where we're having our practice. Well, very small dressing rooms. You sit across from one another. I could tie your skates. You could tie mine. <laughs> anyway, we drink, like I said, we're just taking our skate sticks and helmet and you know, over and so our kitchen Billy or our captain Billy Kitchen shows up. And he's one of the last to show up in the dressing room as he's walking by everybody. It's like, Oh my God, what's that smell? You know, just shit yourself and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyway, he walks in and he goes and he puts his skate on. Well, he ties up the skate and all of a sudden there's something that comes out of the eyelid. And it's like, he gives it a, he gives it a wipe and
0: gives it a sniff.
10: Oh my good Lord somebody took the insole out of our captain's skates and shit in them. <laughs> I thought, hang on a second here. This this isn't right. Not well, the captain. Our trainer was, uh, well, <laughs> right. and our trainer was Brian Pataffee. Now, we called him Man because he sort of sounded like this, eh? So anyway, he says right away, Kitsch, I don't know who's sitting in skates, Kitsch. I don't know who's sitting in skates. Well... <laughs> You know who's shitting his skates because you're the <laughs> you're the trainer. <laughs> Trainers know everything. So any, anyway, you know what happens, and this is the funny part: why the trainer even lets this happen. Billy takes his skate, takes it off, and throws it at Pataffee. Well, it's, I don't know who's shitting his shit. Bitch. You know who's cleaning the shit under the skates is Pataffy. Oh. <laughs> so anyway. We're on the ice now, and it's like, where's Kitchen John Brophy? Where the hell's our captain? Blah blah blah. Uh, uh, I think Z Dave Allison. Um, he had a little problem, John. Uh, somebody shitting his skates. Uh, <laughs> it was just like what? He, so anyway, the door opens up, and here comes Billy Kitchen on the ice. He goes right across the ice, and boom, he cross-checks a rookie on our team. Who's shitting the captain's skates? <laughs> A rookie. Well, that rookie ended up going home the rest of the year. He had free sweatpants and free sweatshirts. He went home with short sleeve sweatshirts and shorts for sweatpants. Billy <laughs> really cut them every single day. He cut those shorts and T-shirts. Oh. It was just like, oh, my God. A quick little story about Gretz. He was just one of the most fabulous teammates. But one of those guys that like it didn't matter where you went somebody said hey there's Wayne Gretzky there's Wayne Gretzky I mean he was the the tops of tops right Right. so here we are he's getting ready to go to San Jose for the all-star game so I said to him I the last couple guys left in the room I said Gretz why don't you go get your sticks and uh, I'll give you a hand out to the out to your car with the uh, with your bag he goes right on, thanks, Gurry. And so anyway, well, he was in getting his sticks. I put a twenty-five pound weight in the bottom of his bag, and uh, signed. I had already pre-signed fifty Brian Scrudland hockey cards, so I threw those all in his hockey gloves. So anyway, where he comes out of the stick room, he says, "Okay, I'm ready to go." So I grabbed, uh, I grabbed the sticks. He goes, what, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I said I'd give you a hand with your stuff. Get out to your car." He goes, "Oh, okay." So he went to go pick up his bag now. Oh, geezer. I said, well, you probably haven't picked up one of those since you were 10 years old. So he throws that bag on his shoulder and away we go. So I get a phone call the next day. and Screwy? Yeah. Gretz, how you doing? Yeah, good. He says, I just arrived in the dressing room. We had a 25-pound weight in front of my stall, 50 Brian Scrudland autographed (laughs) hockey card." I just want to let you know that everybody participating in this year's all-star game will get one of your hot signed hockey cards.
0: (laughs) To look up to those guys. Yeah. But none of them played like you. And the one that maybe did was Ken Lindsman, right? Ken Lindsman was the same type of guy. He could put up the numbers and he was always a guy that when I was on the ice, you better have your head up. And I remember in New York the first time I played against you. I forget what you said to me. He said, hey, where's your bucket? And I never heard that one before. And I said, what wh- what bucket? And you said, the one that carried a fucking puck, you said. I, mean, I felt like, I felt, I, I I was like, I felt, I'm how fucking stupid am I to get sucked into that one? I never heard it. I mean, that little prank's awesome.
9: You know what I want to do? I want to do like Chris and Lucien did in Joliet and bring the cup downtown Joliet. Yeah. But this time. I won't do it like
2: those guys. I won't steal it. Yeah,
0: remember that? It's funny. Were were
2: you? Wait, what's the story? I was there, right
0: there beside them. You were, huh? Now, now listen, I didn't know at the time, but uh, uh, Tim, back when we won the Cup, Lucien is from Lucien Deblois, who I played with, a teammate, was from Joliet, where Dom is from. We had to take the Stanley Cup there that day (laughs) under Molson. You know, Molson, it was a Molson promotion. So we went and we stood and took pictures all day. And I said to Lucien, you know, his dad was in a home uh, not far uh, from Joliet. He wasn't feeling well. He, you know, was near the end of his life. So I said to Lou, I said, Man, we'll never get this thing again. Let's steal it. Let, we were there all day. <laughs> so he went and got the car. I'm taking a picture. Smile. And they had two Pinkerton guards there, right? They got security there with it. And I took the last pitch and I ran up the street. I threw it in the car, and off we went. Went to see Lucien's dad. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, Dawn,
9: Unbelievable. You know, those are just a few kind of thoughts I have around my best, my you know, my best memories as a team. I thought for Knocks.
2: sure you were going to say Mike Keenan, as as <laughs> <laughs> I, I had him too. I had him in Russia. And he was, <laughs> so.
11: oh my gosh, that man wore me oh, out. Yeah. He wore us all he out. Was crazy. Oh my gosh.
6: It's funny. T- I mean, coming down to coming down to the rink when we were
11: going through like a two, three, or more game losing streak, you know, coming down to the rink, you're
9: just holding oh. your head in your hands, going, "What's what's he gonna do to us today? Like, <laughs> what's he gonna pull today? You know?" It's oh, funny.
0: Yeah. Tim said going over to Russia. You know, he's over there. You know, not many English speaking guys and he's figures Mike Keene, the coach, you know, we'll probably get along. Right, Tim? Yeah. Didn't, and then he right. was he was full-on
2: yeah. 90s Iron Mike. And picture him doing what he's doing, and, like, no oh one understands what he's saying. Like, but me. I was, like, the only guy. Yeah, exactly. Knows.
11: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's a really good point. Imagine Mike's antics, but you don't speak the yeah. language
2: that Mike Everyone's speaks. just that, like, I mean, hey, Tim, what are you crazier. saying? I'm like, he's, he's saying, <laughs> keep going. He's saying, he's saying a lot of positive things, guys. Don't worry. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so with Vino, um, to go a little further now um uh apparently uh, you had to sit out three games he he, he announced that for dis- disciplinary reasons excuse me take the fucking bubble gum yep. out of my mouth um <laughs> <laughs> and it was supposedly over the, missing or uh, being late for practice but he said he contends <clears throat> Uh, it, that wasn't the only thing there's more uh, to the situation than Shane O'Brien being late
2: what yeah you what's definitely the were more? You, obviously you were yeah, late what's the more you're yeah. obviously late. you started a podcast called <laughs> Missing Kirby. yeah yeah no <laughs> obviously you were late
11: yeah so <laughs> knuckles i love it buddy. You're, you're you're on the ball here you're on the ball today fella. <laughs> I, I, so listen uh, knuckles i admit a lot when i when i came back to vancouver listen i was a single kid playing in a Canadian city on a good fucking team. All right. And Yahoo. I enjoyed every single, I enjoyed every single second of it. And did I enjoy it too much? Maybe, but that's what motivated me to play hard and, and to fight and to compete and whatever. I enjoyed it. So me and Av, like I said, we got off to, a, you know, the first thing he said to me was what I told you about. I don't know much about you. Like, you know, I thought Who the fuck is this guy? Right. So our first year goes by, we lose to the Hawks. The second year goes by, things are going pretty well. And in his defense, you know we, we fly home from san jose on a saturday night right he gives us sunday off so we get in too late knuckles that i can't go out on the saturday night so i get up sunday it's a beautiful day in vancouver it's not raining i'm oh. like here we go boys let's go <laughs> hit the patios so i go hit the patios and we don't play till probably wednesday or thursday but we do have practice on monday so i go hit the patios and at that time knuckles in vancouver like it or love it i i probably loved it people recognized me right so I was bouncing around by myself at this point the rest of the boys went home the married boys I'm bouncing around Vancouver by myself and I'm going home and I'm walking past the Roxy and I said you know what I'll go in for one let's see what's going on in there so I go in I go in for one and go home fall asleep long story short I don't plug my cell phone in you know so my phone dies I wake up and I look at my phone, and, and you know when you're like, uh-oh. Oh. So I gotta ch- now i got to charge it, boys. I don't have a clock in the fucking house. Maybe I went to my TV. Maybe I turn my TV on. I'm like, oh, boy. So anyways, I scramble. My phone comes on. I call the trainer. I said, I'm on my way. I drive to the rink. I get there five, about 10 minutes before the boys are supposed to go on. So I'm putting my gitch on. I'm fucking running in there. And the trainer comes, and he said, he doesn't want you to go out there. And I said, fuck him. Let me just practice. And then after practice, if he wants to fucking talk to me or fucking rip me, fine. Just let me go out there and practice with the boys. All right, I'm here. I can get dressing on the ice. He said you know he's not going on. So he goes go to the gym. Go to the gym, get a workout. So I go in and get a workout. And Stan Smeal, he's a beauty. Steamer comes in and he just kind of gives me a pat on the back. I said, fuck, you know. He said, so anyways, like you said about the, the 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 media in Vancouver, obviously is huge, and they asked him about Shane O'Brien, and this is the problem I had, like. You know what? If if you're not happy with me, fine. But don't air air out our dirty laundry. You know, you could he could have protected me in the media and then said, "Listen, ops, we're gonna say you have a fucking pulled groin. We're gonna you're not playing the next fucking week. You know, I want you to lose some weight." Buries me in the media. They asked him like ten times. You know, who's Shane? What's going on with Shane O'Brien? I'm not talking about Shane O'Brien. I'm not talking about Shane O'Brien. So suspends me. Turns into a huge thing. Um, Yeah, and and you know what, Knuckles? Yeah. After that though, we don't let it go, right? They don't let it go the media. They don't let it go. No. After that suspension, I came back and I had a talk with AV. It was the best talk we had in two years. And I said to him, "Why didn't we have this conversation a year ago? Why did it take this to finally?" And our relationship's been great ever since that.
2: Wow, well, that's. Were, were you ever late again in your career? I heard a story <laughs> you told uh, where you Grant Fear was your uh, assistant. You were running. No, tell that. I no I yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So
11: this is my first. This is my first year at pro hockey. Cincinnati. I'm playing for Cincinnati Knuckles and we're playing in salt lake and at this time the coyotes are in salt lake they're that's their farm team so the hotel was probably two football fields away from the rink and this is just pregame nap i used to be a heavy sleeper now knuckles i'm up to take four pisses a night i don't sleep and i would have never been late now <laughs> <clears throat> i sleep right through my alarm my roommate leaves me and I, i'm like the game's in like 30 minutes so i wake up i throw my suit on And I'm literally running across the parking lot, Salt Lake City. And there's fucking, there's old Coco, Grand There's old Coco, Grand Fur. And I fucking run it by him. I'm like, hey Fierzy, how you doing? He's like, Don't worry, kid, could happen to anyone. And I'm just (laughs) running in my suit. I'm like Oh.
0: (laughs) Tone, the first time we met in Boston. And Tim, this is back in the day when Knuckles was still juicing. I was still having fun. Right, Tone? yeah well, you're gonna show the picture no now? let me let me see if i <laughs> let me see if i have it at my
10: fingertips all right okay the,
0: the draft was in boston and we were at uh a bar um uh, a big pool hall what was the name of that place the rack the rack that's the right rack. how can i forget yeah. jim veezy was part owner of that my buddy veece and we're in there juicing having a blast couple of cocktails running around nuts and all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me out of nowhere and gives me the "I was the biggest fan of yours ever." I'm no, I'm from Montreal.
2: I'm like, okay,
0: okay. So, That's anyway,
2: funny. here you guys. Here are. is
0: that evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. I wow. I know I have that. Send that to me, Tony. I know I have it in my photos, yeah. but send it to me. Um, so so so, can I? Uh... So, uh,
10: this is so I see Knucks there. I'm at the 99 draft, I'm a big <laughs> hockey fan. Uh, that's the year of the Sedin twins. Uh, and um, and uh, I see Knuckles, and um, you know, I said to him, I said, can, can I have a picture with you? He says, Sure. So, uh, he he he, he walked probably about 10 feet. He went into Knucks, remember this? He went into the uh little pocket that he had in his suit, right? Went in, yeah. Grab the teeth,
7: <laughs> put them in, <laughs> and we take the picture.
2: Hey, well said. I don't have more. You played. With... Oh, fuck. Oh, oh,
7: here he is. Oh, here
2: that he is. Gary, I know.
10: I have to ask a question at least one question because I, how did you set. know I,
0: I was even finished? Yeah, we... I, nice I heard part, a nice surprise. Oh, this is part one. I was one just waiting this. for Tim. No, go ahead. <laughs> this is part <laughs> one of the
5: documentary. <laughs> 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 no, go ahead. Man. No, Blake
4: Blake has had an unbelievable career. I think the most underrated career, almost the point of game. When I saw that, I I couldn't believe it. So it's yeah, because you thought he was, quiet. his
2: name was Jack. Now yeah, I know. I was all, looking like, for like, Jack all, all that time. About yeah. it, yeah. He's like hockey yeah. Do you no. mean Jack Wheeler. Jack Wheeler is <laughs> a <laughs> This guy sucks. He's no. not even fucking
0: <laughs> Here was my test, the last year and I. Pat Burns was a coach. I got traded back here and Bernsey uh called me the night before, well, the afternoon before uh the test, the day before. And he said, Hey, you wanna go for dinner with me? I said, sure, I'll go for dinner. Well, we went for dinner, and then we went out to a club afterwards called the Pasha Club. And we stayed there till four in the morning. And I kept telling him, I said, I'm worried about the test. And Bernsey's like, I'm not, I don't fucking care about the test for you. Yeah, uh, you know, just go there and you know, do one sit up, do one push up. Anyway, <laughs> we had to skate a mile, and we did all the nice. testing. Then the last thing we had to do was skate a mile, and I was skate with Cobino, who was my line mate for years, and I had just come back, and Cabo lapped me, and when he lapped me, I said, "You know what? I think the end is near," and it was. That was my last season, so that was the extent <laughs> of my test, and I. Thank, uh, Bernsey for um, for burning me out the night before. keeping me out till <laughs> four in the morning. You know what's yeah.
2: fucking funny is when I went on spitting chiclets I got after I might have went a little overboard with some Russian stuff, and my agent called me Russian agent, and he was just like, "Tim, you not popular in Russia?" right Like basically saying like, "What are you doing?" And then I got a call, and I don't think we ever talked about this. And I'm not saying it was you. I just don't you know, I only have one friend that's an actor, a successful one, but I got a call, Nux for, and it was just like this amazing, perfect, like Russian English accent, and it was like a death threat. <laughs> and, and I and I thought it was real, and I'm pretty sure D V was you. Yeah, I don't know if you're gonna admit yeah, it, but I'm I, pretty I sure. You, I it was you knew you. that a long time ago. No, I, I, think... I I think I did, but I, when you were just talking now, I'm like, wait a minute, i got to bring this up, and I wasn't planning on it, but that's pretty funny. It was really oh, good. Okay, I'm glad we cleared
0: it up. I didn't want you hiding under the bed <laughs> no, or anything. No,
2: no, It wasn't like I was moving my family. It wasn't that serious, but it was it was really good. I was like, man, who's calling me? Someone's really pissed from Russia. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then I figured, I think you did tell me. That's pretty funny. Um, I
0: find you to be a nice guy. I didn't play for you, but uh, I certainly would have loved to kind of find out on my own because I we look at a guy like Brian Noonan who played yes. for you, who s- seemed to follow you everywhere. You seem to have something going on with Noonan as far as you liking him as a player, or maybe he could be one of them guys that you could kick in the ass and he just keep going where other guys may crumble.
7: Is there any truth to that? I think the, uh, uh, the essence of it was that, uh, it, Yeah, I was very stern, and and some people thought I was a prick, uh, but I was a good prick.
2: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles Podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.